Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. You may be seated. We've got a word this morning. Um, You know, for this weekend, I was invited to um, Joseph one of the church members here, somebody on our creative team, invited me to go to a conference in Milton Keynes that he was helping organise, and I was invited to speak. The conference was called Cutting Edge. It was called Cutting Edge, and it got me thinking because I was praying about speaking at that conference and trying to fit in with the theme. They were called Wise Master Builders, but it was all pastors from the local area and churches, and they were coming together um, just to, like... Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says, that we, if you hang out and rub shoulders with somebody that challenges you and takes you to the next level, you become sharper. And so that I got invited to speak at that conference and it got me thinking about what I was going to speak about and I thought I'd share it with us because God really spoke to me um, as I was preparing for it and I think it's a word for us. But have you ever felt like you lost your cutting edge? I tell you what, we all know when things are great, don't we? We all know when we're feeling sharp, there's those days that you just get up and you feel, I'm sharp today. Nothing, but nothing gets in your way. Do you know, do you ever feel that sometimes on those days? Like just, you know what, I can do anything today. I can achieve anything. We have those great days where we feel sharp as, like we're in the office, we're alert. Somebody asks us for something and we've immediately got the solution and everything's in line and sometimes we feel like that but then there's the flip side of that is it all right for me to be honest this morning because I know a lot of you've got Sunday face on I don't want to offend everybody because we all come to church nothing's nothing nothing's wrong we've got Sunday face on but there is the flip side of that that some days we don't feel quite as sharp right we're not feeling we don't feel that things get on top of us a bit you get up and you go to it I'm not I'm not at it today that's the reality of life That's the reality of life. You know, Jesus came for us to have an amazing experience in life, but he never promised that we wouldn't go through challenges, that we wouldn't, he never came. Jesus didn't die on the cross for your salvation so that you'd feel sharp every day. That's not, that's not the reason that he came. But I, as I was preparing for this conference, I just really felt that the leaders I was going to speak to needed a word about what to do if you lose your cutting edge. Some days we feel like we lose, we lose that edge, don't we? And life, life seems to be set up to make us lose or feel dull and make us lose our cutting edge. So I wanted to share with us today because I feel like um, I really want the senior leadership team of this church as well to switch on because I feel it's a message for each one of us. But the culture of this church is that the senior leadership team feels that everybody should be on the senior leadership team that this is a battleship, it's not a cruise ship, that um, when you come and join in this church congregation, we're here for a mission and a purpose, and we have two things on our train tracks that we have to deliver, and when you join this church, you join the leadership team. So I'm asking our senior leadership team to switch on, but really what I'm saying is you all need to switch on to listen to this message about losing, what to do when we don't feel like we have our cutting edge. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us this morning in this place, that this would be a word in season. I pray that you would anoint me to bring what you want to bring to the house today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have you got a Bible? All right, the 
the text I want to use today is a story that I just really love. I've read it loads of times. It sits there. It does what it says on the tin. It's the Ron Seal scripture. It's brilliant. Um, but I wonder whether there's... We're going to break it down. I wonder as we take each verse of this and we look at it, if there are some lessons that we can take. An axe head floats. That's what it talks about. It says, an axe head floats. Are you with me, Sarah Beth? Well done. This is awesome. This is cool. All right. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, look at the place where we meet with you. It's too small for us. So this is 2 Kings chapter 6, if you've got your Bibles with you. Look, the place we are, where we meet is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servant? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he, when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and then threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. This is a great story about a guy losing his cutting edge. And that's why I want us to base what we've got um, for this message today around this scripture. These guys, here they were with Elisha. Uh, if you know anything about, if you study, um, study the word Elisha, um, there are a lot of parallels in Elisha to Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Actually, when you read the Old Testament, you can learn a lot. You can see so many similarities in Elisha that you can see in Jesus. So like theologians would say that that's like a type or an example of Jesus Christ. So as I talk today, I wonder if you could add that foundationally to what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to communicate. But these students, um, they were like a school of ministry. They are like today, maybe you can imagine that the senior leadership team of Comchurch were gathered and they were praying and they were thinking about things and and the idea came that where we are right now is too small. It's just too small. And these students were gathered and they're talking about it. And what I really took from that as I read was that they had a heart to grow. Those leaders had a heart to grow, to not just stay where we are right now, to, to have an attitude of, well, actually, things are pretty cool. Things are great. There was something of a challenge in this, this word that right up front in this text, it says in the company of the prophets, they, were to, they, they looked and the place where we meet with you is just too small. Each one of us as leaders, and I'm going I'm to talk as though you're all companies of the prophet. Is that right? Is that right? So they had an attitude of we need to grow. Do you want to grow or are you content with the, with the same old? Are you content with where you've always been and how things have always been or are you wanting to grow? 
as you come here and if you're a guest visiting today, we'd love this to be a place where people come and they realize there's growth, there's potential, there's places I can go. Um, And I want to encourage you this morning and I want to encourage our SLT. The same old, where we've been is not where we will be. Have you got a heart to grow? Are you content with how you've always read things and seen things? Or has God got new revelations for us today as a senior leadership team? I want us to ask this question. And I first want to make sure that we're prepared and we have an attitude to growth that these leaders had in that time. It was headed up by Elisha, who I said is almost a wonderful example of Jesus Christ and If you were to parallel that to Com Church, our senior leadership, the headship of this church is Jesus Christ. We look to him as our leader. So verse 1, students wanted to build for growth, and that's where they began. They had a heart for growth. And my prayer is today as we do this, that we would go on a journey and that we would always want to grow. I want to say something about growth and growth in the context of this church. You know, when somebody ups from another church and they come and sit on a seat, in this church. Com Church hasn't grown. That's not how we measure church growth via a big audience because somebody comes from another church and sits here. If you want to know the attitude of growth that we have here, it's driven by one thing and that's the heart of God. And the heart of God, the heartbeat of God is souls in the kingdom. That's people that are lost People that are lost, they don't know who Jesus Christ is. They haven't met him. They don't know him like you and I do. They're lost. And then we begin their journey to getting closer to God. We begin a discipleship journey for that person. At that moment, one, one, change, one point of growth gets added to come church, not, any, not anything else. If you're looking around at, at expecting us to, as a leadership team to want all these seats filled, you've, you've missed the point completely. Our heart to growth is that people go on a discipleship journey with Jesus Christ, and that's in our DNA. But they went together. They had a common goal. Do you notice that? They had a common goal to build the same thing, and their common, our common goal is souls. I suggest that theirs was probably the same. We have the great commission and the great compassion as our founding principles of vision in this church, and we can go together, the Great Commission. Ephesians 4 verse 12 tells leaders to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's our job to train you for that work so that you too become a discipler as well as a disciple. We have to do both tasks. We need to be both discipled and be a discipler. So verse 2 says this, it has in there, so let us go. Together, in unity, they decided that they're going to move from where they were to somewhere else. There's a message there of unity. I want to tell you, when you align yourself with a church vision, if the church vision is souls for the kingdom, you can align your vision with that vision. There's absolutely no problem with it. In fact, I'd say the... There's many theologians and people see the Bible differently to me here this morning. There's people that see things differently. But we can agree that people need to become disciples and we're challenged to disciple people. That, on that, we can all agree. And there's unity found in that. But they said, let us go. Let's go into the world and preach the gospel. And we all need to do that together. 
That's the message to us today. Are you prepared to go and are you prepared to join hearts and hands with others and let's go in unity as we grow together? You know, Elisha in verse 2 liked the plan. These guys presented the plan to Elijah and the, and the head of it all, he just, he just liked the plan. You know, if you ask God to bless your plans and look at your plans, like God loves a good plan and he'll bless them. But so often we, we have our plans and we're thinking and we forget to ask God whether he even blesses it or not. Do, you, do we bowl ahead with our plans sometimes and we just go ahead? Those guys could have gone, do you know what? We're going anywhere. We've seen somewhere bigger we want to go and let, then we're heading off. But they asked. They asked. Our senior leadership team, every time we're, we're, we're given an opportunity to take on a new step or a new vision as we go for bigger things, team, we always need to ask Jesus, are you with us? Will you go with us? These guys in verse 2, they asked Elisha, would you come with us? Would you come on the journey with us? And he gave the blessing to the plan. Verse 3, won't you please come with your servants? Do you notice what? Um, will you please come with your servants? They asked, they asked him if they come, but they didn't refer to themselves in the high and mighty. They weren't like, oh, well, I'm Bishop Julian Richards and I... Would you, would you come with me, Elisha? And I'm reverend this and I'm pastor that. And they look for their title and they didn't go to the man of God and said that. They actually said, would you come with your servants? No matter what your job is in our church, no matter what you think um, this is all about, everything needs to be done with a heart of service, not a heart of elevation. We're not here to make ourselves the big guy. Like... If you make yourself the big guy, you'll fall a long way. That's just the way it goes. But there's a lesson here. They were the servants. Can we have a heart of service, please? When we come into this place, when I bang on about, hey, we've got, we're going to do these escape rooms and we need to pick up the work of the ministry and we have to do that. Is our heart, you know what? We do. We need to serve. We need to be servants. Or have we got a little too big for our boots? Serving is below me, is beneath me. Let us not have that in this house. Moses is a great example also, because in Exodus 3, 33, verse 15, he says this, If your presence doesn't go with me, don't, do not carry us up from here. So Moses says, when it, Back, back there in Exodus, he says, if your, presence, if your presence won't go with me, I don't want to move from this place. And as a senior leadership team and as the pastor of this church, I'm sitting here going, if the presence of God doesn't go with us, I don't want to go. These guys here were going, Elisha, if you don't come, we don't want to go unless you come with us. So through every step that we take in life, and this is a great parallel for your life and your family, don't take out steps without first asking, Jesus, will you come with us on this journey? It's a massive, massive point. This story went the way it went because the guys that were in that school of ministry, the senior leadership team, if you like, those guys all said, Elisha, will you come with us? And Elisha accepted. Without him, we can do nothing. We must invite Jesus on every decision-making process of our lives. Elisha in verse 4 goes on to say, yeah, I'll come. 
I'll come with you. I'll join you. We'll go together. With the Lord, we can do all things. When you ask him, he will come with you. He's faithful to come with you on the journey. The Bible says that the steps of righteous men are ordered. They're ordered. That, so like you want to take a step, the, what shows your righteous heart is that you will ask Jesus to bless your steps. I want to encourage you in your life, as you, as you take steps, as you move forward, invite Jesus on the journey. Verse 5, let's take a look. Oh, I've got a cup of tea. Don't you wish you had a cup of tea right now? What? Sorry. Smile. Verse 5. As one of them was cutting down the tree, the iron head fell into the water. Oh, Lax came into church carrying this today. I was, I was a little bit scared of him, I have to be, I have to be honest. Um, Lax came in, man, that's heavy. Where's Phil, how heavy that is? Gosh, you hold that for a minute for me. <clears throat> so they moved to Jordan, they began cutting down trees to build the bigger place. They just began to cut down trees. They had a huge axe, I've got a tree as well. Where's, we can, I might, you might have to recruit a helper. Is that right? Recruit a helper, who's up here? Anyone, Biswell? Come on, this looks like a job cut right out for the Biswell beast this morning. All right, can we, can we stand the tree? Can we stand the tree up? Upright, let's stand our tree up. And Wes is going to wield the axe. All right, here we go. <laughs> here it comes. Oh, so this, is, um, this will be a full-size, man-size cross that Jesus was hung on. This is going to be, yeah, this is going to be a cross in our... Um, on our journey of the escape rooms, we're going to build a full-size cross. I know you see, you normally see a, a cross, like a depiction of cross, quite small on a chain or something. But we're going to build a full-size one that you could hang a man off. And this is going to be part of it, so you can't damage it too much. Is that all right? So, um, so this is our tree. But um, they're trying to cut down the tree. They've got an amazing axe. This one's brand new, really sharp, real sharp cutting edge. This axe has got a serious cutting edge. Brand, brand new. All right, so, um, and they're cu cutting down a tree. Do you want to wield it? Me and Spizzle, just a little bit. Not like, like just bear in mind. Just... Go, oh, go on, you can give it one more than that. Go on, go on. All right, so, so there you go. Go on, give it a smack. All right, look, compare that to my mark. There's a mark on here from this morning. Look, I went right in. There you go. There, that's, that's what we need. Let's go like that. See if you can get one of those. Ready? Put it up against the hair, then you can hit it really hard. Here we go. Watch out. Health and safety. Write it in the accident book. Go. Oh, nice. So it's, it's got a sharp cutting edge, that one. And, and like, you hit that hard enough and it's gonna, this thing's going to be splitting to pieces. But you know what? In our lives, we go through life, don't we? Like, and this, if this is a picture of our effectiveness in life, this is a picture of our effectiveness. The sharper our axe heads... Let's take axe heads today to maybe mean um, our cutting edge, our anointing, the things God's anointed us to do. God's given Biswell some amazing talents. Bro, you've got some amazing talents and he's going to use them. I just want to prophesy that over your life. It's really, really true. But God's given us talents, abilities. He's given us equipping. He's given us the Holy Spirit to come alongside us. All of these things make up a sharp axe, axe head in our lives that we can wield. 
We have energy and fruit in our lives that is all, all becomes part of a sharp axe head. Perhaps you can just start thinking of your life in this context as I just explain it. He's like smashing away. They're all like chopping. Got to chop down the trees and he's got a sharp axe head. But then that axe head falls off the top of the axe and it goes in the water and it sinks to the bottom of the lake where it's all muddy and there's grime and there's dirt and it's, it's just disgusting. And that axe head buries itself right in the heart of that river and lake. Let me leave that there. And the dude's left there holding just the handle. So he's left a handle. I'm going to need you both back, by the way. I'm going to need you both. You're both going to have to come back and raise a tree. Um, but the dude's left there with no cutting edge, no axe head. He's just got a handle. Boys, now is your time. Let's lift this thing. So now he's got just the handle left. You try and cut down a tree with just the handle of an axe. Ten hours later. What a waste of time. What a complete waste of time. Do you feel, have you ever been through life where you think you're trying to cut your way through life holding just the handle? I wonder if the handle of an axe head like this is possibly speaking about you're left with the things that you can do in your own strength. You're just left with your own abilities. You're just left with your own like self-confidence. All the things that you've got yourself and your own limits and you're left with those things in your hand and yet you're just not effective anymore because you're doing this and you feel like you're going through life. Can I just tell you, I'm not judging you this morning. I am not judging you this morning in your life. I sometimes go through life. This morning in Perflections, I was preaching to everybody feeling like I'm hitting the tree in my own efforts with just the handle of the axe. We've all been there and I'm not judging you. I'd hate to do that. I'd hate to be someone that gets up here and judges you, but I feel the same thing. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 has one of the most amazing scriptures in it when we're looking at this. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Ecclesiastes verse 10 says, you can have a go in your own strength, you can do it, and maybe you will have some success because if you hit harder and keep going, you'll make some dents. Actually, what's amazing about putting that scripture in context is that the few bits before say it's actually dangerous to start using a dull axe head in the first place. It says that splinters will come off and it's a danger to you if you try to use a blunt axe head. How much more when your axe head is completely gone? Like if you've got no cutting edge at all on it, how much more is that a threat to you? So if you're like going through life at the moment, smacking the trees with your own efforts and everything you have to offer and your own finances, your own provision and everything you can do, it's seriously not rewarding. Not only is it not rewarding, in verse 5 it says he cried out. 
he cried out. I expect that that cry was in frustration. The guy had borrowed the axe head. It wasn't even his. And he cried out in frustration. Some of us here today are crying out in frustration because we're hitting... Where's I'm so scared. I'm, I am. I genuinely am. So, um, but we're, we're just doing that. Let's not live life that way. God wants to restore your cutting edge. And this story gets good. This story gets good. There's something coming. You can, yeah, the tree can come down. Yeah, you guys. Thank you so much. Note to the board, let's review our public liability insurance for, um, for next week. He cried out in frustration. He cried out in shock. He cried, he cried out in desperation. All of those things are things that you feel when you've lost your cutting edge. You've lost that sharpness. It was borrowed. You know, lots of us help loads of people here. To the leaders of Comchurch, many of us help and help and help and help and help and help. Other people manage their own axe heads. This is a reminder to all the leaders of this church, all of the SLT, make sure your axe head is sharp. Work on your axe head too. Isn't it? It's funny when they say on a plane, they say you've got to help someone else with their oxygen mask. You have to help, you have to do your own before you help someone else with their oxygen mask. I wonder if that's us as a senior leadership team. We spend so much time, I feel like I help loads of people work on their cutting edge and work on their, yet I stand there sometimes, like this morning, I'm going, ah, doing this in my own strength. What's going on? And you're bashing away at it. And we help everyone else with theirs. It's like the borrowed axe head, isn't it? More tea. We need those times of refreshing. We need those times to refocus. We need times like this morning to make sure that our cutting edge, our axe head, is super sharp ready to go, because then we'll be more effective in helping others sharpen theirs. Is that all right? Receive that. Verse 6, Elisha asked, where did the axe head fall? That's what he asked. I want to encourage you, if your axe head has fallen, I want to, while I'm, just while I'm talking, can you think where you lost it? Can you think back and go back to the place where you lost your axe head? That's what Elisha asked the guy right here in verse 6. Elisha asked, where did your axe head fall? I think that's an amazing exercise for us this morning. If you want to receive something, if you're passionate and hungry, if you're thirsty like we heard from Dennis last week, if you've got that thirst in your soul, if that's you, I wonder whether you can look and say, well, maybe I have lost my cutting edge and that's where it was. We need to go back to that place that we lost it. When the guy told him the place, Elisha cut down a stick and threw it into the water and made the iron axe head float. Where's my axe head? So this axe head, the axe head was in the river. I'm going to put it down here. Now the bottom of this river would have been muck and dirt and horrid nature of life and the axe head buried deep in there because like if an axe head flies through there's a huge splash and then it sinks to the bottom 
It's right at the bottom. And Elisha goes, let me do something. I'm going to find a stick. I'm going to find a piece of wood, just a random piece of wood, and I'm going to throw it onto the water. What an amazing picture of your salvation that is. We serve a restoring God that takes the grime and the dirt and the disgusting nature of life, moves it off, and raises us up. That's what Jesus Christ offers to you today. You might feel like that there's a lost axe head in your life, but this is a message of restoration, a message of comeback, a message of turnaround, a message of 360 degrees, of massively changing and turning around. God can change any circumstances, no matter how dirty, no matter how dark, there's no light at that depth, no matter how dark. Your cutting edge is buried and sunk. The cross of Jesus Christ, a random piece of wood. Jesus was hung on a random piece of wood and that message of salvation was thrown out and cast onto the water and then all of a sudden there's a rumbling at the bottom in the dirt and the grime and that axe head lifts to the surface. It's funny also that he chose something that floats to sow. He chose something that floats to mark and sow, so that it would then go on to float. He marked the miracle that he needed before it even happened. He had faith. He was activating faith. He said, I believe, God, you can make this axe head float. I'll take something that floats because I recognize you're a miracle working God and I'll sow it. I'll sow it. Do you sow? Do you think that way when your axe head is buried? Do you do those things? Do you give to others? Do you sow those things that mark, you know, despite the fact that I need my miracle, I'm going to sow it anyway. When the guy told him the place, Elijah cut down a stick, threw it into the water, and he made that axe head float. This morning, if you've lost your cutting edge, if you're feeling like you're ill-effective and that you're smacking a tree with a blunt piece of wood, we serve a God of restoration. And that axe head can begin to shake in the dirt and in the grime. There's an old hymn that says, Lord lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When no one else could help, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. There's a message for you in this today that you can be lifted from the dirt, lifted from the grime, lifted from the circumstances. You know, when I gave that word about the escape room, all the enemy has on you is smoke and mirrors. All the enemy has on you is drama and theater. The locks around our escape room today, totally drama. We're not going to be able to just actually lock people in a room. We've got to create the illusion For health and safety purposes, you're not locked in. And that beautiful example of Scott going, the door's open. The door is open. You're not locked. If you feel trapped in the grime of life, if you feel dirty at the bottom of the lake today, if you feel there, we we serve a God who wants to restore you and bring you back. Bring you back. This is your comeback. This message for some people today in this place, it's the mark of your comeback your axe head, your cutting edge, the effectiveness of your life is about to return in Jesus' name. It speaks of salvation. Can we take a minute? I just want to take one minute. Look, we've got time. You need to give thanks for your salvation. 
No place, no place was too dark for you. Jesus found you and he lifted you up. Love lifted you. You need to give thanks for your salvation today. This is no small thing. No small thing. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that you saved Julian. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you that you have purpose for me. Thank you that you want to return my cutting edge. Thank you, God, for my salvation today. Hallelujah. We have to give thanks for our salvation. He chose you in your darkest moment, in your sin, in the grime of your life, in the way, the things, is anyone in touch with the things you get wrong? Like, do you know what? We're not perfect, are we? We're not perfect. Even the most perfect of us. And actually, for some of us that want you to think we're the most perfect, it's the hardest for us to cope with the fact that we have failings ourselves. And we do. And, and it keeps our cutting edge locked up. But God doesn't care about that. Jesus doesn't care about that. He's the master at raising the dead cutting edge. And there's some cutting edge coming back to this church as a corporate because as you do it individually, this church will have a cutting edge in our community because when we bring them together, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So like as, you, as Michelle works on her cutting edge this morning, as she has that restored to her, her iron will sharpen my iron and mine will sharpen yours. And that's how this works. The axe head floated it floated to the top, but there's a verse 7. Elisha said to him, lift it out. Lift it out. He said to the guy in verse 7, you got it there? Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and he took it. The man reached out and he took it. As your new vision returns this morning, as your new hope returns this morning, as new faith rises in your life, and as you start to see the impossible again happen in your life and you see those miracles, as you witness your breakthrough, God will ask you to reach out and take it. David said this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Psalm 51 verse 12. Our purpose and direction comes from remembering why we do what we do. You've been reached out to take it. You know what? Burnout Burnout comes not because of all the things we do. Burnout doesn't come because of all the things we do. We think it does. It comes because we forgot why we were doing them in the first place. That's where burnout comes from. It's not, you can cope with anything when your axe head is sharp, when you've got everything. There's nothing you can't cope with when you're like that. But burnout comes when you forget the purpose of why you were doing what you did in the first place. Our personal relationship with Jesus is what keeps our ministry fresh. Sometimes it's lost along the way, but it's what restores us. And God says, reach out and take the axe head back. Your axe head now is going to return to you and the miracle of it coming back, but you have to take it in your life and you have to maintain the sharpness of your axe head and work on it every day. Um, Abraham Lincoln said, Abraham Lincoln said this, six, um, if I was given six hours... Six years. If I was given six years, is it hours or years? Okay, we'll find out. I'm going to go with hours. If I was given six hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend the first four sharpening the axe. That's what he said. I'll spend the four, first four hours sharpening the axe, and then I'll work on hours or years. 
Hours, thank you very much. All right, I was like, one thing. That would be a big tree, right? Our purpose and direction comes from remembering why we do what we do. Our personal relationship with Jesus is what keeps our ministry fresh, and even when we feel that that's lost along the way. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. He cooperated in the restoration of his axe head. I want to encourage you, church, cooperate when Jesus wants to teach you a lesson, wants to, you want, wants to train you in some way, cooperate with him. Take the axe head back. You reach out. That's the challenge to us today. The cutting edge was restored and their work on the new big place could continue. This is a message of restoration today. You need to get back to building that big place. The enemies wanted to lock you into small-minded thinking. It's wanted to lock you into seeing those small things in life and making big situations, small situations seem big. And all of those enemies that's like drama and smokes and mirrors and theater that the enemy wants to bring your way, he wants you to focus on all of that. And he wants to keep your axe head and your cutting edge locked up at the bottom of this river And he wants to keep the silt of life and the dirt. And he wants to keep reminding you, hang on a minute, you're buried in grime. And Jesus stands here this morning saying to you, love lifts you. I want to lift you. I love you where you are. I love you buried where you are. And love wants to lift you out of the place you are and restore your cutting edge. Restore your cutting edge. Is there anybody that just feels they've lost it? Is anyone feeling they need that refreshing this morning? I'm hoping we're going to take some time at the end of this message to pray for you. If that's you and you want to just reach out and recognize, no, I do. I need to receive that. Love lifted me when no one else can help. When nothing else can help, love lifts you from the bottom, absolute bottom of where you are. I want to prophesy that energy is coming back to some people. Supernatural energy are coming back to people's lives. Red Bull from heaven. I'm going to get shot for that one. Red Red Bull's terrible. Other energy drinks are available. But some supernatural energy into your bloodstream because that's what needs to happen. You're going to be raised up. Love those that need energy. There's unlimited energy if you draw close to him. Vision. The Bible says, without vision, the people perish. And the reverse is actually also true. Without people, the vision perishes. All right? So they're both absolutely true. There's people here that need vision restored to them. Maybe you've just like, at the, can you imagine that axe head is in the bottom? There's no light. No light whatsoever. There's no seeing anything where that axe head is. It's dark down there. You know, Jesus can reach you anywhere. He can just reach you anywhere. It doesn't matter. But you can't see. Maybe you've lost your vision. That's a picture of losing vision. It can be restored to you today. Maybe, like, just all your strategic thinking has gone out of your life. Like, you know when you're facing it and you start questioning yourself and difficult things are coming your way, you start to be added into confusion I reckon there's strategic thinking coming back to some people's minds that have felt, I haven't really seen a way forward in this wood. I've been trying to cut a pathway through the wood and cut these trees down, but it's not really got anywhere. Whilst the axe head was buried, 
Whilst the axe head was buried, there was no cutting down a tree. It was just standing in everybody's way. There was no building of the new house that's bigger. Well, you're able to return this morning to being able to strategically think and move the trees out of the way. Passion. Some people here feel like, do you know what? I've just lost my passion. My passion for it has gone. Love lifted me. Love lifts you this morning. Jesus Christ is going to lift you and return your passion. Team, yeah, if you could come back. Are you ready to have your cutting edge restored? Because if you can do it personally, Comchurch can do it corporately. It's dangerous to wield a dull axe head. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10. It's dangerous to wield a dull axe head. Please, church, work on our axe heads this morning. If you're going to come into this church and you're slightly dull, not really connected with it, not do, I'm kind of on the edge, I'll serve my bit every now and again. I'm kind of, it's dangerous to wield a half-hearted, dull axe head. That's what that scripture says. I'm better off making sure you sit down. I talk to you. We get you restored. Let's work on your axe head. And then at the time, you start cutting down trees effectively. That's what pastoring should be all about. And that's what we're here to do is to make sure that you're in that place so that when you hit that tree with your axe, it slices straight through and it's as effective as it possibly can be. Lord, I pray for me this morning that you would sharpen my axe head, that when I hit the branch, it slices through, that what I say has impact. Lord, I pray, God, that what I do would be effective, that the, the, the purpose for me striking the axe head in the first place would be delivered as it strikes because it's there. Lord, I pray you'd help me draw closer to you. Lord, I pray that I would be able to take more time to be in your presence so that my axe head is sharp, that I can help others work on their axe head. That's my prayer today. Thanks for listening to Comchurch Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless. God bless.